Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Carnegie Mellon Film Festival podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Stanny, and we have a really great episode for you guys today. Uh, it's an episode where I interview director Jan Komasa, whose most recent film, Corpus Christi, was screened virtually at our lovely festival. Um, just so you know, we will still be screening many films. And if you would like to have more information about that, you can go to cmu.edu slash faces. And also, if it would be great if you guys could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you're enjoying the podcast, which I certainly hope you are. A little bit about Jan. Jan was born in 1981 in Poland. He grew up in a family of musicians and actors and became an actor himself at a young age. After witnessing the making of Schindler's List, he decided to pursue directing and graduated from the National Film School in Poland. His debut short, Nice to See You, came third in competition for the Cine Fundacion Award at the 2004 Cannes Film Festival. He gained further acclaim for his first two features, Suicide Room, 2011, and Warsaw 44, 2014. His film Corpus Christi was nominated at the 2020 Academy Awards for Best International Feature Film. Enjoy this interview, guys. And as always, thank you for listening. Welcome, Jan, to the CMU Film Festival podcast. How are you this evening? Thank you. Thank you for having me, Patrick. I'm good. I'm good. I'm in Warsaw. It's cold. You know, people are protesting. They took to streets. It's it's heated. But I do have to ask, um, where's your favorite place to eat in Warsaw when my producer and I, when we go to Warsaw uh, after COVID's over? I'm not I'm not sure if the place survives it. Okay. But if, oh. if, if I have a few places, I'm going to take you to my favorite restaurants. We have, we're pretty like, uh, in some instances, because, you know, we went through, we went through communism, obviously, we were closed for like 50 years and 90s, we suddenly were uh, open. So we had to catch up with the rest of the civilized world, and especially in terms of, you know, socializing in restaurants and stuff. But suddenly it happened that like, like we, um, it seems like we leaped over some countries, especially in vegetarian restaurants. So in the, in the amount of them. So, you know, I would take you for a tour through veggie places. And you okay. Love it. So I, I should tell you in our city of Pittsburgh, there is a vegan Polish restaurant no. called, called Apteka. Apteka. T E K A. Yeah. yeah. And, pharmacy. And, pharmacy. And, and, it's cool. and Abby is giving the, the double thumbs up because wow. it is it is excellent. It is excellent. So <laughs> great to know. Apteka in Pittsburgh. Yeah, when you come here, we'll get we'll get Yolanta and we'll take the whole crew to Apteka oh. and it'll be it'll be lights out. Um, wow. Is it is it run by Poles? No. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Like, wow, cool. But the the entire menu is in Polish. Like it's it's like real, and they wow. got Polish vodka, Polish liquors. Like okay, okay. So this is the pharmacy because apteka means uh, pharmacy basically. So this is okay. the medicine for today. Like sure. vodka, yes. and the whole menu is, seems like it's a great medicine for COVID time. It's so. the the. 
the people in Poland, they know how poorly Americans eat. They know how we stuff our faces. So they've come here to save us from ourselves. Well, to be honest, I think there's much more that makes this, us super similar. I think our cuisine is based on everything that's stuffy. So we okay. embrace American culture, definitely. Okay, know. so I, I have a similar question to food, uh, of about food. Um, so when I'm when I'm on set, and I'm I'm in director mode, I like very specific things to eat. Like I like very very uh, like I like two apples, a banana, an avocado, and a whole wheat sandwich with uh, turkey, cheddar, and Dijon mustard. And that's like if I eat that, I'm like. I don't have to stop for lunch. I'm good. Let's do another take. Let's let's figure out this lighting. Let's let's run another rehearsal with the actors. So I'm asking you, what is your go-to meal on set? Well, first thing I do, I drink green tea. Everybody knows it. And like when I'm on, on set. So, you know, it's already done. I'm entering the set and it's like people know it because they heard from other crews. So green tea. 10 times a day at the moment I'm, I'm starting to faint and st I'm starving. Basically I eat a banana and apple. So it's sort of like I'm, I'm midway through your menu. Okay. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I never get to the sandwich. So it's always like uh, if there are some people who really worry about me, uh, they bring something, whatever that is. I, I, it's, and, Thanks to it, I haven't eaten during Corpus Christi, my my other film. So uh, thanks to it, I didn't get the hepatitis, just like uh, some people from the crew, because we were shooting in the mountains in a very rural, rural like area, and I was starving. But that was kind of that saved me from going going yellow. <laughs> so so they ate some like bad fruit or bad veggies and. Yeah, I think so. It was a oh. salad. That was everything indicates to one specific day when we were close to the horse, um, you know, the, the place where they kept horses and there was sure. a tree probably. And it's sort of, I'm not going to get into detail, but of somehow course, yeah. they were stuffing their mouth with something that wasn't intended to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's great. Um, how long were you in that town uh, to shoot Corpus Christi? Um, it was around 25 days and we would, we would stay for the whole 30 day period, but the town and the whole area basically didn't let us to shoot in church and the church area. They, they said like, you can come here, but uh, uh, don't touch our church. Like it's the sacred thing. It's a down. It's a southern eastern part of Poland, which is basically if you if you think about uh, Europe as as the United States and different countries in Europe sort of resembling states in the United States, Poland would be like Texas, <laughs> and the southern eastern part in terms of conservatism and southern. So so southern eastern part is like the Texas of Texas is the most extreme you can be in. Minus so the hats, should, minus the cowboy yeah. hats. Yes, yes, basically yes. So they're they're very religious, very nice people, very religious. 
they you know basically you know they are um there's a lot of hospitality there and but again at the end of the day you know you're not allowed to touch the church or the area which is fine you know mm. it's the locality we have to we we have to respect the rules so we sure. had to move the whole crew 500 kilometers closer to warsaw and more liberal sort of region in poland and through the friend of the friend of the friend we found a church they let us in and we could shoot in church for five days so 25 days in the village where did you grow up jan i grew up in uh, in warsaw i grew i was born in poznan which is a city closer to germany mm-hmm. it was a german city for like 200 years so it's very german and i my family family moved my father is an actor so he got a job in in warsaw when i was six we moved here and i don't i don't remember poznan i remember Warsaw from the beginning when uh, during transformation years during 90s it was great everything was booming people started to go out you know consuming finally we could eat burgers and oh yeah <laughs> you know, watch uh sesame street and ninja turtles nba you know listen to hip-hop and i was in the first wave of the, i was this generation who had it like it was for us it was for granted i just i had it all around so i was lucky um so you mentioned your your father was uh, an actor and i read that your your mom she worked in music yeah what was that like growing up in in such a an artistic household like what what kind of energy was there like growing up like that's that this, sounds awesome that sounds fun it, this is fun this is fun this is this is basically like a italian slash jewish family okay but everyone is singing all the time like everyone is singing people are mocking each other they're even vicious towards each other but it's all under like there's an undercurrent of love (laughs) so you know so uh we're like this till today some people sort of they they, when they are with us they would say oh we're we're too intense for them. We're I mean, like, I, I saw this TV series, uh, um, the HBO series the other day, uh, Succession. And <laughs> the family, I kind of, I, I agree with this type of, you know, household. Like they, I, this, I can confirm it. it. It was sort of like this without money, basically, because we were, we were artists. So come on, like, where's sure. the money? <laughs> and you... So, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no. It's it's my, my my mother was 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 singing and she was singing gospel music. She introduced us to English language and she, from the get go, she was all around all about um, R and B. You know, Aretha Franklin, uh, Nina Simone. Like we um, black music and jazz music. I was playing jazz in music school. Um, my all my siblings went through music school my my brother is a singer my sister sings um my others so we we all work in the business somehow it's interconnected which means also like which means that you can't go into hiding you know they know everything what you're doing and how you're doing and whether it's fine or it's like they can they're the, they're the worst judges like they nail you down like with everything 
you know. So. Was there a family band growing up? Um, yeah, I guess so, because we were, my mother started working in television in the 90s and she took us every weekend instead of just going free, to, like to roam free in the, in, out in the, out, out somewhere with friends. We were in television, uh, in Polish television, uh, in uh, cast in programs, different types of programs. And we were usually a band of, Kamasas, you know, <laughs> Kamasa band singing here, singing there. And there's many, I have some clips on YouTube that, that are both um, nice and, and, you know, lovely and embarrassing. So great. All great things are a combination of those three, right? <laughs> nice, so, lovely, and, and embarrassing. embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, your father was an actor and, and also a drama teacher as well. Yes, yes. So yes. one thing I've noticed from from watching your films is um, you are a, a a masterful director of performances. And I was wondering if you could talk about, um, you know, growing up, your father is a, an acting teacher and and how you took learning from him. Did you learn from him? Did you learn from uh, film school? Did you pick? Uh, both all of the above um, just wanted you to speak on that sure um, it's it's you know it, you sensed it right perfectly well I think you know my father taught me um, like a tremendous respect for actors which is and actresses which is pretty and like it's not it's not as frequent as you thought in in the among directors like sometimes there's even a saying here um, one of the most established directors in Poland, I'm not going to say who, said um, the director and the cinematographer and the whole crew, they work their asses, they, their, their bums off. <laughs> I, saw, I said this slower, so. Right. Oh, so, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Um, uh, they work their asses off. And then when, it's, when everything is prepared, the actors come and they screw everything up. So that's the, that's the, basically the stance of of um, that's how I kind of was introduced into the profession. But before that, I was growing up watching my father perform and come back every day. He's mo mostly on stage. He was mostly performing in theater. So in theater, it's like seven p.m. every day you go out you pretend to be somebody else something else and then you go get back home and he was still in in character for many 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 times so it was like for us it was growing in some kind of a first thing you do you stop you know you you lose trust in um in truth basically in in the best of ways you you start to because that's the material my father was working on on daily basis he was sensing other people lying and that's where he drew his inspirations from like how people on daily basis like normal people non professional non professional actors uh, how they are lying how they are you know using masks on daily basis and he did it in his work and he taught us this like it was visceral so 
we know how it is with masks in real life. We kind of, we have this tendency to sense um, lies, detect lies, and we have the lie detector in us in terms, in terms of masks. And this is what actors, actresses do. Like intuitively, they have to seek for truth versus lie. And that's their field of expertise, I would say. You know, it, it's so interesting you use the like the term mask, which is like I, I, I my so I, I went to theater school. So I had a, a traditional theater like training. But I was thinking there are all of the, the characters in Corpus Christi and the hater there's mask work in the characters and it's all about like, but the, their truest versions of themselves at least is when they put the mask on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like the, the social roles we have to sort of fill in with ourselves and, and obey to, I mean, you know, especially with, with communities. So that's why community, like community is like a theater, like at stage one, somebody's a, politician someone else tries to be um like an artist which is a mask as well you know and having daniel in corpus christ main character of corpus christi being a prisoner and being a a, a guy who did something in his past i, I don't want to spoil it but, um it's listeners of you know casts a shadow over his life but he also uh you know wears a mask of a criminal Hmm. and that's just another social role becoming a criminal and becoming a priest and becoming part of the community is sort of finding your place in the ensemble cast in a way so um and you know and the the play playing with the the notion of the church as an organization which sort of is inclusive sort of open for everybody but then again you have to wear some kind of a mask to be in church as Mm. well if you don't find the mask you're not welcome in Mm. church because this is just an organization of people made by people created by people just like anybody, uh, um, um, any else organization. So, um, so yeah, masks. Um, and it's you know, it's it's part of my films. I, I love characters pretending somebody, try, like playing with identities and um, lying or watching other people lie. Because he, you know, especially in Corpus Christi, main character listens to other people's confessions. And he detects the lie as well. Uh, as a sinner, he was in every place possible already. So you can fool the sinner. I mean, there's that wonderful frame in the film where Daniel and his old juvie buddy are speaking to each other through the holes. I mean, the holes and the wood. I just thought of that's a, that's a mask right there. Um, yes. I mean, the, the holes, like it gives... It's, it's, it's there to give you the sense of a- uh, anonymity, but, <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, it's revealing everything and people pretend even through the holes and the wooden holes, they pretend. But Daniel sort of listens to them and he hears them whisper. And yeah, it's both, it's creepy. It's always, I, I'm a Christian, I'm, a, I'm baptized, right? And sure. I was at the confessional couple of times when I was younger then I stopped 
going there because t- too many sins. But uh, yeah, when I was, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sinner brotherhood. Th- th- there's a uh, backlog but, right uh, now. <laughs> backlog, yeah. There's a backlog, yeah. Um, I need to get rid of a lot of those hard yeah. drives. You know, it's like I don't know where to. I don't know where to start. Yeah, it would be like an archive. Oh but, my yeah, god. Yeah, and. Uh, it was both intimate and creepy because mm. you're bonding with somebody else. Like you're telling this guy who, who you even smell, you can sense the smell of this other person. Like it's so strange when I think about it in 21st century. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, we were working on it. We were like masks everywhere, man, in mm. the film. We were even that was we 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 had even um, a tree of different possibilities for the main character, and we had twenty seven different masks during the film, uh, used by the main character. That's mm. that was the sort of that how how intricate the script was, and this I I I didn't write it so I can I can uh, you know be proud of the script. I haven't I haven't written. So I, I have a question. So Abby and I, we love the scene where Daniel and his friend, where the friend approaches Daniel and is like, give me the money. And then just breaks down, cries about his, ch- spoilers, cries about his child. And then Daniel starts rapping. They rap this super hard Polish rap song. And it's this like oscillation of behavior. And it's, like a fascinating depiction of masculinity. And I just w- yeah. was wondering if you could, if you could speak to that because in, in Corpus Christi and in the hater, you have, you know, you're not depicting masculinity in, in the sort of traditional sense, like the strong silent type. I mean, these, your protagonists are like, they're barely holding it together. They might have a facade of, I got this under control, but like just one little nudge and they come undone. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, I love this, this, I especially love the moment we were shooting it. We felt it like we felt it's, it's going to be something. It was actually, it was uh, pretty much added to the script by the, by the sidekick character. His name is Pincher, I believe in, in the, in the, in the film. So um, Pincher and Tommy, because Tom was was the actor, he added the, the cry, the cry, because oh. it wasn't in the script, and it was so amazing. And then I, before that, I understood when we understood that this is the direction to go, because the Pincher character, which is the the friend of the main character, so like he's not a friend. Of, of, um, all right, see, he's he's a he's a colleague from the juvenile detention center. He, uh, he watched him perform mass and as gay as that is for uh, somebody who is a criminal and tough and streetwise suddenly you go out and sing with a, you know, angel voice. It's super gay. Mm. But then if it's true to yourself, if it's, if it's real, if it makes, if, if it changes people the way Daniel cha- changes people, then it makes an impression on his homeboy. 
And, you know, when they, they are together, suddenly he breaks down because he understands that he doesn't have anything. Like he, the only thing he has is the mask of, of being a man. You know, I'm a man. I have to, you know, live up to it. And you, you man, you have something else. You have, you found something like the truth. You don't have to pretend like you're pretending, but at the same time, you're not <laughs> like you mm. found some truth. And that's the difference between them. I love that. Um, I also want to talk about, um, you know, a, a lot of writers and directors, they, they struggle to interpret the internet and technology in their films. And um, like, what's your philosophy about like interpreting the internet in your work? And how did you sort of, you know, envision the the texts on screen the looking at the phones the the videos all all of that stuff yeah well i i that's sort of that's my guilty pleasure from the get-go i was a huge fan of internet maybe i'm voyeur driven i love to peep into other people's lives and internet is the was the perfect tool at least like 15 years ago when there was no privacy at all and it was like a (laughs) wild wild west in the internet you could do a lot more. So I was just, I embraced the tool. I was, I was in my formative years in, in, in which I was basically studying during, during I was studying at film school uh, before my first, uh, before my suicide room, my, my debut film, Suicide Room. And I was thinking about what kind of a movie I'd love to make and knowing that there weren't many movies about um, internet as a, a, as a medium. Uh, then I decided, yeah, I know this um, tool well. I love it. I, I embrace it. I, you know, I read it every day. I watch it. I listen to it. I, it's great. It's, it will inevitably change the world. And it did, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there, since there are not many movies about it, why don't I try and pioneer it in some way and contribute to filmmaking? Um, because you know filmmaking and, and films had um, many different takes on media like let's say television the film network many other films television radio you know newspapers spotlight so many films about you know newspapers etc et but not a lot of films about internet Mm. Why? I think it's because it's better to be a user of an internet than a watcher. Like it's super boring to watch somebody, you know, be on internet. It's great to uh, just be become a user of an internet. So now, you know, to find a depiction on screen, it was easier for me. So, and I'm a gamer as well. <laughs> so maybe that's why. I want to. Oh, see really? It. Yeah, I'm a gamer. So I was. I, I was. So I, I have don't to, have time now. I have to say, Jan, I'm a massive fan of a wonderful export of your country. Oh, yeah. The Witcher 3. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, many. I, I, so five years ago, it came out, played the fuck out of it. And then at the start of quarantine, I said, enough, enough. I re-downloaded it with the two extra DLCs. 
Oh wow! Are you are you a fan of The Witcher? Yeah, of course. Are you a... oh, okay, Witcher, great, you know, great, is, great, great, great. What do you think about? Did you have a chance to play Cyberpunk? Yes. So, I don't have a system that's good enough for it. I would have to play the the buggy one because they okay. haven't fixed it for okay, PS4 yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Got have it. you? Yes, I have. But I was playing the buggy one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But since the film is sort of about the world in which you don't know what's real and what's not, bugs were sort of part of it. You, you never knew whether this flying car was a bug or it's I see, you know, I see. part of the game. Yeah, I guess I'm just not looking at it correctly. Um, so, <laughs> so, so where do you, like, games are so great now in the sense of, they have the same level or even better levels of production value as movies. Like oh, the yeah. voice, like, have you played Red Dead Redemption? Of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you see how I smiled? You see how we're speaking yeah. the same language? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the voice acting, the script, I mean, that's better than a lot of stuff that's at least in the theaters in the U.S., like the mainstream theaters. You know, the, do- the first and second part of Last of Us, Oh man, like this is done by a great, like, by, by the way, I he went to the, our school. He went to our school. Oh, wow. Neil Druckmann went to Carnegie Mellon. Cool. Cool. So, I, yeah. I know they're working on a, on a series right now. So I just, I'm, you know, biting my fingernails. I want to watch it. Like, I, sure, I sure. Uh, so so where, where do you think, like, would you ever, would you ever take a role as a creative director on a game? Have you thought about doing a more kind of interactive film or like a, you know, VR? Um... Yeah, I'm thinking about it because, you know, sure. with, with the game, it's, I was approached by a company and we were, I was helping them develop projects uh, here in Warsaw. We have some, you know, pop-up, you know, you know, great startups here in, 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 in Europe and in Poland, a lot of people working in IT. That's why The Witcher and that's why Cyberpunk and CD Projekt and 11-bit studios, I don't know if you heard of them. So there's a lot going on here and it's a booming business. And I was helping one of the, the teams. Then they transfer, like they, they, became a bigger thing and they proposed me with a deal but then I was shooting Corpus Christi and the hater mm. right one after another so I had to say maybe other time I would love to do something with you guys but definitely I would love to be part of this revolution because mm. now it's it definitely surpasses the amount of hours people spend watching movies mm. uh, like totally what you know, playing games is bigger than ever before and i would love to be a director by the way i don't know how i'm i'm fascinated with the with the shift in our um, profession as directors because as a director you basically make people um inactively inactively be part of your film they have to sit down and just watch what you what you brewed for them and with games, you have to give other people the sense of choosing, mm. the sense of choice and freedom to a certain degree, which is 
which is amazing because you ho have to sort of trick them into thinking they're free to make choices when they are not. So it's totally another, you know, like, there's not only masks, but there's also playing with the sense of freedom, which is different than films, which is like, you have the freedom of interpretation of the film, that's for sure. And, you know, Revolutionary Road with Leo DiCaprio and yeah. Kate Winslet, that was the freedom of choice to, to its fullest. It made us uh, fight with my wife so many times. And I know a lot of couples who, people who watched this film, they were fighting over this film because, you know, and the, the freedom of interpretation of it was tremendous. Like I was, you know, battling with the idea of masculinity and, mm. and uh, in a relationship, etc. She was saying like, yeah, I'm supporting Kate Winslet. Why don't you understand <laughs> her? It was so vivid, you know, it worked. So it definitely, it extended um, you know, from, from just watching a two hour film into something that was, that's bigger. Huh, I, that, that is a lot harder with the game, isn't it? Cause it's just, it either happened or it didn't happen. Yeah, um yeah 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 so, well yeah well well with with the game you have you have yeah you have even if it's a if it's so called an open world i believe you know cyberpunk was aiming for it like to give you the sense of you can do anything and it will be updated and you will never know where the new mission is etc well, mm. that's the probably that's the future of gaming maybe or even some uh, gamers actively uh, developing the world itself, maybe creating mm. missions. Uh, so, like, I, I think it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. They it would be great to take part in the revolution <laughs> somehow. Sure. Um, so, I, I spoke to Yolanta earlier today, and she said that you'd been watching a lot of movies uh, in the lockdown in the quarantine. Oh yeah. She said. You, you've definitely been watching this. <laughs> How does she know? Yeah. Well, she, well, she uh, told me. She told oh, me. And wow. I said, and, and she, she said, I know you like those movies, Patrick. I don't. And I said, well, that's okay, Yolanta. I'll talk to him about them. You don't have to talk to him about that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched so many movies with my son. Basically, that, that's the education. I have a daughter. She's 20. She by by the way she took part in in the protest now today we had in oh, Warsaw awesome. so she's actively involved in you know in this feminist she's, she's strong and independent I totally support her and I have a, an 11 year old son uh, and I'm now we're educating him film wise and reading books and you know I'm trying to make the best of the pandemic so sure sure I'm we spent months together so i cherish it totally and we watched so many movies and obviously lord of the rings hobbit you know even in interstellar nolan's films oh. so oh. many films so many films so uh, classics forrest gump tw two days ago forrest gump <laughs> so for the okay first time. yeah it was um. it was a bold choice I have to sort of explain to him what cocaine is. So otherwise. Yeah, yeah. you'll have to explain that to me as well. Um, <laughs> so what, what, what would you say your top three 
rediscoveries of quarantine, like the top three ones that you watched and you're like, oh, this again, this is great. Mm, you'd be surprised. Um, I have um, Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's my uh, Adam's Family second part with the camp when they go for a camp that's amazing i watched it i rewatched it even two three times more because we we showed it to our cousin the cousins of my son so we we sat down together apollo the uh, 13 apollo 13 as well i totally totally forgot the feeling of joy at the end of the film when when it's, is it a spoiler after so many years? No, when no, the, no. Go, go for it. Go for it. When, when the whole crew was saved. I, I know it's... Um, but I had some discoveries. I've never watched The Sound of Music and I watched it and I loved it. I've never watched The Groundhog Day. Everybody talked about it. I haven't watched it. I, I watched it like three times during the pandemic. I loved it. Mm, I haven't read... Uh, I haven't watched um, uh, Rebel Without a Cause. And I watched it. It was so good. It sure. Was so, good. so um, but basically, we we the, we counted the number. It's sixty. I have it. I have them listed here. I'm gonna tell you if I'm. We watched. <laughs> we we watched seventeen James Bond films, <laughs> one by one. Oh, amazing! So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously Big Lebowski, like oh. my son loved it. He, he watched it and he, he said, like, I, I have to play it to my cousins. And we watched it three times. So, yeah. What an education. Yeah. Well, we, we, I, I, I maybe I'm speak, I'll speak for, for Abby and I, but we all want to go to Jan's uh, film school, Jan's come, film school of come. American blockbusters. Let's do this. I'm like, I was. My son hated it when I stopped the film to to explain something. So I learned to do it intermittently throughout the whole film. So I stopped the film eventually uh, when I felt there's like, but I had so many comments. Like I, I, I was talking about actors, actresses, how the scene was done. You know, sometimes he didn't understand, for example, some issues with, the green book we we saw he loved it and and he i had to tell them him a bit more about american south sure. and you know racial inequalities and etc um all different topics but it was basically a pretext for me to bond with him and to create this relationship we hopefully we will remember for the whole life so mm. So, so can I give you a recommendation? Some a movie that I've seen like strangely a lot of times during quarantine. Totally, it's called. Um, oh my god, I want to get I want to get the filmmaker's name. It's called The Cranes Are Flying. It's a Russian oh, yeah. film. Have you yeah. seen it? Yeah, haven't seen it. I heard it's a it's a Russian classic. It won oh. Oscar. Uh, it's yeah, Cranes on like I even downloaded so, like so, a few years ago. I haven't watched it so i haven't watched it so i give yeah i have to watch oh please 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 (laughs) i went on a peter bogdanovich hole this quarantine and oh wow okay so good last picture show yeah uh what's up doc i think your son would really love what's up doc he was yeah yeah, that's a great one what's up doc just jutting jutting it down guys 
What's up, Doug? So, Jan, we got one more question for you. We we went over time, but but this is I'm sorry about that. We're we're we're, we're it's, having it's having fun here. No worries. Um, what is uh, one piece of advice you'd give to an up and coming filmmaker? Oh well, you know I have the answer for it because I'm teaching at film school in Wuch, the film school I graduated from. So I always tell my students to do everything pos- they can they po- they can possibly uh, to, to just leave the comfort zone like do everything to leave your comfort zone like the if you're uh, you have to be willing to um, have adventures in your life and provoke them go out and do everything you can to just leave the house leave the comfort zone leave the bubble and find something else find, find something different disturbing something you have to work 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 through something you have to like and that will enrich you and that will make you emboldened when you're going to be finding your own um way into filmmaking into a film uh, there's no reason israeli filmmakers are um there's a lot of talents in in israel because mm. I heard it from uh, from many many people there that because it's because right after high school they have to go to military for two years, and that's an experience definitely. So after the military, most of them then apply for film school, and then you know when we meet when I meet with them like the, the, the experience they have and the experience I have is like you know there's no comparison sure sure with somebody who went through military two-year military come on man so it's so uh I think that's the that's this that's the first thing if you feel too comfortable run <laughs> I love it well thank you so much Jan thanks um, Patrick thanks this is... thank you guys Thanks, yeah, this was, thank you so much. 